This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. As promised, we're chatting to Umfundi Sukuleko Kandima. He's on the line joining us now. Baspuli uh, Sakala thank you for speaking to us this afternoon. Uh, greetings to you and also your listeners. And thank you so much for having me this afternoon. I'm, I'm really honored and I hope we are going to have a beautiful time. Sure, I believe so, Funis, too. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, of course, also the honor is on, uh, is on me also because... Ayondo ilula ukupa umkonzikati kwa programu zake na kumbeza ngekawa. Abafundisi, after his service ya sengkonzweni, kubaka mfundi ni e-plate as shushu. So, <laughs> so I, I really appreciate yeah. your time and, and of course family time also Amen. in that. So today we're talking Amen. about a rather, I don't know if, I don't know if it's difficult, but I think it, it, they, they, there are complexities in it in the sense of interpretation. Um, we're talking yes. about, you know, is is in the law is is, is the law the absence of grace? Um, yes. Or maybe pe- perhaps the other way to ask the same question would be, is grace the absence of law? Um, mm. Yeah, perhaps that's, that's the other way of looking at it. And I think you know there are many views on this topic already out there. There's been yes. many discussions, but I'd like to hear your views on this, Mfundisi. Okay. Um, that, uh, once again, let me greet you and, and the listeners. Um, I can't agree more with you. Indeed, it's a super complex um, subject, and theologians, you know, have debated this over years and years. Mm-hmm. But in a nutshell, I don't think uh, the law is the absence of grace, and also the grace is the absence of the law. So if you may allow me that uh, just to, you know, give this, this presentation, you know, yes. um, which we'll use as the foundation of why I believe so. Um, I mean, as you have said, one side says salvation is by grace and grace alone. Mm-hmm. The other side counters, and they say that idea to that idea leads to what we call lawlessness. Mm-hmm. God's righteous standard in the law must be upheld, and then someone else uh, comes in with. Salvation is by grace, but grace only comes to those who obey the law. Mm-hmm. So at the root of the debate are different, are, are differing views on, on, on the basis of salvation. So I guess that's what brings to us the importance of the issue, because it helps us to fuel, you know, the intensity of the discussion. But let me quickly get to the metagritis, um, because we are limited with time. Mm-hmm. That uh, when the Bible speaks of the law, it's important for us to understand that it refers to the detailed standard God gave to Moses, beginning in Exodus 20 with the Ten Commandments. And God's law um, explained his requirements for a holy people and included three categories. Those categories are civil, ceremonial, ceremonial and moral laws. Maybe at, at, at the end I will explain the meaning of um, civil, ceremony, ceremonial, and also moral laws. But the law was given to separate God's people from the evil nations around them and to define sin. I mean, we see that in Ezra 10, 
11 and also Romans 5 from verse 13 and also chapter 7, verse 7. So the law also clearly demonstrated that no human being could purify himself enough to please God. Mm-hmm. So the law revealed our need for a Savior. Now let me, let me move to the New Testament quickly. By New Testament times, the religious leaders had hijacked the law and added to it their own rules and traditions. You see that in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, from verse 7 to 9. Now, while the law itself was good, it was weak in that it lacked the power to change a sinful heart. Romans 8:13 alludes to that. Now, keeping the law as interpreted by the Pharisees, had become an oppressive and overwhelming burden. Now, I'm, I'm getting there slowly. It was into this legalistic climate that Jesus came, and conflict with the hypocrit- hypocritical, uh, uh, we call them abiders or law abiders who were claiming to be observing the law, it was inevitable or unavoidable. But Jesus, the law giver, said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And we see that in Matthew 5, 17. The law was not evil. It served as a mirror to heal the condition of a person's heart. Now, John 1, 17 says, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So, Jesus embodied the perfect balance between grace and the law. That is John 1, verse number 14. Now, let me continue. God has always been full of grace. That, that goes without a shadow of a doubt. You, you see that in Psalm 115, verse 5. Mm. And people have always been saved by faith in God. Data. I mean, Genesis 15 Verse 6, we see the, the narration of Abraham. God did not change between the Old and New Testament. In Numbers 23, 19, we see that he's an unchanging God. The same God who gave the law also gave Jesus. His grace was demonstrated through the law by providing the sacrificial system to cover sin. Let me repeat that. Yep. The grace of God was demonstrated through the law by providing the sacrificial system to cover sin. Mm. That means even when people were doing all sacrifices in the Old Testament to cover their sin, we still see grace there because God mm. could have judged them immediately. God could have struck them down or killed them. Mm. But instead, he allowed them to do sacrifices, to do those ceremonies, and their sins would be upon that particular animal. That grace right there coexisting with the law. Mm-hmm. Let me continue. And then, again, Jesus was born under the law. We see that in the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verse 4, and became the final sacrifice to bring the law to fulfillment and establish the new covenant. So now, everyone who comes to God through Christ is declared, Righteous. Okay, that's clear. Second Corinthians five, verse twenty-one. Again, First Peter chapter three, verse eighteen, and Hebrews nine, verse fifteen. Now, the conflict between Jesus and the self-righteous arose immediately. Many who had lived so long 
under the Pharisees' oppressive system, eagerly embraced the mercy of Christ and the freedom he offered. Some, however, saw this new demonstration of grace as dangerous. What would keep a person from casting off all moral restraint? Now, Paul dealt with this issue in Romans 6. He said, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? He answers them, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. We can, how can we live in it any longer? Mm. Paul clarified what Jesus had taught. The law shows us what God wants, and that is holiness. And grace gives us the desire and power to be holy. Let me repeat that. The law shows us what God wants, and that is holiness. And grace gives us the desire and power to be holy. Mm -hmm. Rather than trust in the law to save us, we trust Christ. We are freed from the law's bondage by his once-for-all sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I'm almost done. Mm -hmm. You see that, I mean, in the book of Romans, chapter number 7, verse 6, and 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse number 18. Now, here's the heart of the matter. There is no conflict between grace and law, if these two are properly understood. Mm. Christ fulfilled the law on our behalf and offers the power of the Holy Spirit who motivates a regenerated heart to live in obedience to Him. Matthew 3, 8, Acts 1, 8, and 1 Thessalonians 1, 5. I won't quote all of, of, of I won't mention all of these verses, but James 2, verse 26 says, As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. A grace that has the power to save also has the power to motivate a sinful heart toward godliness. Where there is no impulse to be godly, there is no saving faith. It's true. We are saved by grace through faith. Now, the keeping of the law cannot save anyone. In mm-hmm. fact, those who claim righteousness on the basis of their keeping of the law only think they are keeping the law. This was one of Jesus' main points in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. As I'm reaching closure, the purpose of the law was basically to bring us to Christ. We see that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. Now, once we are saved, God desires to glorify himself through our works. Mm-hmm. And, that, and we see that in Ephesians 2.10 and also Matthew 5.16. Therefore, good works follow salvation. They do not precede it. Now, conflict between grace and the law can arise when, number one, we misunderstand the purpose of the law. Number two, we redefine grace as something other than God's benevolence on the undeserving. Three, when we try to earn our own salvation or supplement Christ's sacrifice. Four, when we follow the error of the Pharisees in taking man-made rituals and traditions and shoving them into this doctrine. Number five, when we fail to focus on the whole counsel of God. So in a nutshell, the law points us to Christ. That is very, very important to, 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 to understand if we are to be 
become in a position where we understand where we are. So the law points us to Christ, and it is through grace that we are able to claim or to be saved and, and, and have that personal relationship with God. So there is a beautiful relationship because mm-hmm. the law, as I said in the beginning, it's divided, you know, or it has three categories. You have ceremonial law, you have civil law. The ceremonial law was fulfilled when Christ died on the cross. He fulfilled all that law. We see that law in the book of Leviticus, all the sacrifices that were done. And the civil law dictated Israel's daily living. You see it um, in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 24, from verse number 10 to 11. But the moral law, or the moral laws, are direct commands of God. And a good example is the Ten Commandments. The the moral laws reveal the nature of God, and they still apply today. We do not obey this moral law as a way to obtain salvation, but to live in ways pleasing to God. In other Mm -hmm. words, Tata, we might not be um, 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 doing or practicing all the law as I have classified all these categories, but we, 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 we no longer um, practice law as the means to attain our salvation or to be saved. But we still need to obey the law. For an example, we still are not supposed to kill. We are still supposed to have one God and not have any other God mm-hmm. except the God of heaven. We still need to make sure that we don't kill or covet and all those things. But we no longer practice or obey the law for salvation, we obey the law as, 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 as an evidence of our salvation, as an evidence that indeed we are, we've been saved by grace. Because we could not live through the law. Jesus had to die for us and be that sacrifice and do what we did, what we were not able to do. And that's how we were able to obtain salvation through grace, through trust in God, through um, getting something that we did not deserve. But as a result, we ought to obey God's law. We still need to live a holy life. We still need to serve God and serve Him alone. So grace and the law do not fight. They do not clutch, but they can coexist in in this understanding that I've shared. Let me stop for now. That um... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much. That was a mouthful, I must say. Um, <laughs> solid argument, uh, solid points made there. And I think uh, just to take up from the last point you just made now, that grace and the law, and, and not grace versus the law, because I think what brought this discussion about was because yes. there seems to be an, a different approach, and that is, law versus grace or grace versus the the um uh, the law and and i think that's yes. where we find an issue uh, people take the the issue of salvation or the you know salvation as it is that it comes by grace i think we all agree on that but now what yes. we want to do is when we don't want to live a good life when we want to we don't want to live a holy life when we don't want to yes. be morally correct in front of the eyes of god now uh, yep. then we say grace uh, tina and I think we use that because the like and I've heard a lot of, of, of those arguments and so you would see social media you will find that yep. so that known figure who's, who's supposedly born again but yes. you know in the community 
and you hear in you know, uh, don't judge him, don't look at it. And so I think you've made a very solid argument on this. But you think funny city because we can't ignore that there are people who still yeah. hold to this view uh, of l- the law versus grace. I think you did allude to this in one of the points you made. Maybe hit back on that and, 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 and clarify again the point about how these two work together, they coexist. Yes. Um, Dada, I, I, I think you are very spot on. I mean, that's one of the challenges that we are facing today. I mean, when you look at the social media without... You know, share of it up. There's there's a lot of confusion, you know, because and and there are those who are still out out I would say abiding by the law in a sense that their emphasis is on the law and sometimes they even go to an extent um of passing judgment, I mean upon those who are stumbling in the journey of salvation. So those are those are the extremists yeah. who don't understand the concept and the biblical teaching of Christ. And there are those who are pushing grace in a sense that they have opened a room for believers to do whatever they want to do in the name of grace. Now, that again, let me give you this illustration. If you have a child Mm -hmm. and you say to a child, my daughter, don't touch that bread. If, if, If I don't want you to touch that bread, and if you obey that law that you ought not to touch the bread, you'll be saved. Mm-hmm. And you find that the child that struggles, eh, struggles, and, 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 and up to an extent that it's clear that the child really, really cannot obey that law, they keep on touching the child, the, I mean the, the bread. bread, they keep on touching the bread and stuff like that. And then as a parent, you say, okay, because when you touch the bread, I have to punish you because I'm just. I punish sin. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of punishing you, I'm going to punish the pet. I'm going to punish our dog. So every time you touch the bread, I will not punish you, but I will punish what? I'll punish the dog. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what happens, Satan. The law, in that sense, is unable to save you, save you because the child is struggling in terms of adhering yeah. to the law of not touching the bread. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there is grace as well in the process because instead of me judging the child or beating my child because she touched the bread, I am instead punishing the dog or I keep on killing these pets instead of killing or judging or disciplining my child. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. Upon realizing that my child cannot keep the law for her salvation, I provide someone from me. I provide, maybe, let me say, my son. And I say, my son, go and do what my daughter is struggling to do. And then when my son comes, my son lives his whole life without touching the bread. And then he goes and dies on behalf of my daughter, mm-hmm. who is struggling, who is struggling with not touching the bread, and then when my son dies, he dies having not done anything. And then when he dies, I basically say to my daughter, my daughter, you know what? 
you are I'm no longer counting it upon you when you are unable to touch when 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 you are able, when you are unable uh, uh, not, not to, to touch avoid touching the bread, mm-hmm. but I am counting it upon my son. Now this is what happens, Tata. The daughter, in response, will come to you as a father, and she will hug you. She will squeeze you tight mm. because she knows she is the one who was supposed to be punished for sure. touching the bread. Mm-hmm. But her brother has died and has suffered the consequences for something that he did not do. Sure. Now, the child, in, resp- in other words, the child has received something that she does not deserve. deserve. Mm-hmm. As a result, that grace will propel her, that grace will mm. teach her, that grace will motivate her, that grace will move her to say, you know what? My brother has died for something that he did not do. He has died because I was not able to keep up with the law, and he was able to keep up with the law and died on my behalf so that I do not have to die. You know what? I am going to rely on you, my father, so that I can live like my brother, so Mm. that I cannot, so that I do not touch the bread. In other words, because of this grace I have received, I am able to keep the law of God. Yeah. So, so, so in that sense, even with us as believers, we still that should not commit adultery. We still should not steal. We still should not lie. We still should not do these things. We need to live a holy life, a life that that honors God. We mm. ought not to speak anyhow and say we are people of grace. That I'm afraid. If we live a reckless life, a sinful lifestyle, under the umbrella of saying we are people of grace, because that means we don't understand grace, or we are not talking about the biblical grace, because the biblical grace causes us to run at the feet of God and say, Lord, we don't deserve to be called your children. We don't deserve to be called the born-again children of God. As a result, give us grace, Lord, to live a life that is the work of the gospel. Tata, it grace pushes us. Even our thoughts, city God cleanses and, 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 and purifies us every day because it, we are no longer doing that in order to obtain salvation, but we are doing that as an evidence of salvation. Tata, Scripture says in, the, in, in one of the letters of the Apostle John in his uh, first, first, first John chapter number five, the Bible speaks about he who is born of God does not continue to sin yeah. because the seed of God has been deposited in them. So, so we can never allow um, 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 our people to have a wrong understanding of grace and, and to use this law, Jesus grace. No, it's law and grace. They can coexist. It's mm. just that the difference, we are not saved by keeping the law, we are saved by grace, but that grace teaches us to say no to godliness, and that is keeping up with the law of God. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.